Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped on the Twitch and available on YouTube, on Spotify, and Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a whole lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. Uh, although after this arc, I have watched substantially more women's wrestling. And I feel the emphasis should not only be on the more, but on the substantial. That's true, because this the, what we have reached the end of our NXT Four Horsewomen arc. What a what an arc we are we have I can't it's so crazy that we have actually followed a story for a year. You know, of, of in their time, not yeah. Time. It's so what this story like this this feels like the we we have we been following this from for more than five episodes or is it a standard five still i just stuck it all in five episodes this feels like it's been so much longer dude this feels like this has been like this has been like a years long pro process for us almost of, of just like because mm -hmm. because we went so thorough with this arc and i mm -hmm. i it, it's felt so all-encompassing for everything we've wanted to talk about when it comes to kind of the modern era and women's wrestling kind of two of the hottest topics on this show so this feels it feels so wild to have this one specifically coming to an end to, to kind of uh as as we are want to do date this show uh i almost want to shoehorn in an observation uh somebody made uh after full gear this last weekend which is it almost feels like we're coming to the end of chapter one of the noobs and knockouts mm-hmm I mean, I was I was gonna make a gag that this is the season two premiere of the yeah. Knockout podcast. Yeah, I, I feel like see, I, I I'm not gonna. I I think that's delayed a couple more episodes because I feel like the end of season one officially is gonna be when we do WrestleMania three, and then your spoiler alert for the audience subjecting me to a bunch of bad arcs. Um, and oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. So I feel like I. Because because we've hit some of our biggest arcs most recently in the in the Hulk Andre in uh, NXT in uh, um, uh, New World Order and Lucha's just kind of a running thing. But kind of right, with right. all of that and the fiftieth episode around this time too. Once we hit the end of all that, that feels like the end of chapter one. I think. Sure, that's fair. Uh, so I will say that um, to kind of get back to this arc is how we're ending this arc is with my favorite match of all time yep. uh, is how this ends. And I'm not going to tell David how this ends, but I'm going to say this right now. If he can't figure it out, then I'm going to be a little disappointed. If he can't figure out how this all ends. But let's go ahead and get to our front half, which is a real front half this time, by the way. Oh. Um, uh, first, I'm gonna let's go ahead and do some quick review of what happened last time. Is we built to NXT Takeover Unstoppable uh, with Sasha Banks as the NXT Women's Champion versus Becky Lynch in a match that was kind of Becky's big coming out party for NXT. She got her origin story on air. She kind of uh, d became her steampunky best self, and she had a kick-ass match with Sasha. That did mm -hmm. end in defeat, but Oof. still fantastic match overall. Mm. I agree. I, I just agree wholeheartedly. Yes, it was mm. it was phenomenal, and and it's great to see. Like like we opined last time, great to see Becky come into her own as kind of the final member of the Horsewomen. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, in addition to that, we had a bit of a secondary story with um, Bailey and Emma. Emma coming back to NXT is the jaded, bitter failure of them on the main roster, taking out all of her like baggage onto Bailey, mm-hmm. and Bailey being like, "We are not the same." And it, and then adding on, you get Dana Brooke, who's kind of like trying to establish herself as a newer um, heel, top strong character in NXT, challenging Charlotte, a bit of a, a current top dog, and then. And then Bailey and uh, Charlotte tag teamed with Emma and Dana Brooke at Takeover, and the good guys got the dub. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is which is solid as always. Uh, mm-hmm. Bailey, I'm I'm just really interested to see kind of what the end of Bailey's arc looks like here, especially because mm-hmm. she's been kind of the she was the first character to really get a spotlight on this arc for us, and so. And it's been such a wild ride with her. I'm really interested to see what that comes to completion as uh, at the end of this. Right. So uh, if if this is your first time uh, watching one of the episodes of this arc of ours is we don't watch um, and we don't watch one particular episode all the way through. And like we do with every other uh, kind of arc we do on this show instead for this arc because of how long it was I may I've d- scheduled it out so we watch all the segments related to the horsewomen over a series of episodes so you got it we got to see one we followed one storyline through instead of following all of them seeing a snapshot of all of them uh but this episode, we're gonna have a real like front half where I say where I talk about uh, stuff that have happened um, in other episodes because we're skipping a series of episodes and starting at a later point than the episode after the takeover, Unstoppable. And oh, the reason for that is because uh, just like for our pay per view shows, we only have so much time to watch uh, these episodes and film this. And there was about three hours of content. Uh, of women's content from this to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. That's what we're building to. The first mm-hmm. TakeOver to happen outside of Full Sail. Yes. And so, the, but the first hour of it, I felt was pretty easy to cut overall. And it, and it creates, a, and it has a nice stopping. It's a nice, like, for it's a nice, easy point to cut at. The first hour of content and the last two hours. So that's, I made the decision. That's how we're going to do it this time. So what has happened? What happens uh, up to we're starting on the July 15th episode NXT today. So what happened about the last six weeks before that? So on the May 27th episode of NXT, we got the first episode after TakeOver Unstoppable. We got Emma versus Bailey in another one-on-one match. And it was all right. It's you know, if you're trying if you're trying to plot Emma and Bailey's arc together. Like their first match back together since Emma came back was very much Bailey trying to make it friendly, mm-hmm. and and this one is their enemies now. Like that ship has sailed. No friendship is over. Fair enough. Yeah, and uh, amazingly, Emma gets the win with relatively little cheating. Actually, I oh, kind of shit. didn't expect that, but Emma gets the win, and her and Dana do the beatdown on Bailey until Charlotte comes to her aid. And then they beat down Charlotte too. So rip a Rooney. But they're really putting over Emma and Bay and, and Dana Brooke is real is two really strong bad guys of the future. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh 
they've kind of been inserted later on. It's been wild. It's been wild yep. to have that just been, get thrown in here. Sure. And then the next episode, the June 3rd episode of NXT, all we really had was a Sasha Banks video package highlighting her time in NXT and her time as champion. And it's her a lot of repeating a lot of her general talking points of how she is the greatest NXT women's champion. She's the boss. No one's going to beat her. Mm. Uh, the June 10th episode of NXT has a Dana Brooke video package that, again, highlights her. She, you get highlights from her matches, and she's talking up how she's the future of NXT. Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, we're really making her out to be, like, the next big thing. And it's like, wow, hype for Dana Brooke never gets bigger than this, does it? Yeah, the, that's, the, the downside to this is always, like, the ones we know don't really go on to any sort of greatness. No, they yeah. tried. Oh, uh, no. I knowing that Dana Brooke doesn't pan out, it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of. I sad. remember, I remember when I was excited for her potential. I was like, Oof. "This is a big star right here." I'm, I'm calling it, and then I'm like, oh, oh god. Anyway, we then get a match between Emma and Blue Pants. Uh, it's kind of a fun match, uh, because they kind of play up like Emma hates fringe, hates friendship and fun now, and so like. Dana uh, Blue Pants is trying to like keep it fun and light, and the crowd chants "Happy Birthday" at her. And apparently, it's her birthday. And Emma's just like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck you. I hate. I hate all of this. I'm gonna just win. Okay. Yeah. And then we get a match uh, between Becky Lynch, her return match after NXT Takeover, and Jesse McKay, a. A currently she's a jobber, but she is going to become one half of my favorite tag team in NXT eventually. So, okay, but for now, nice. you know, for now she's getting the hey, you're new to NXT, so you're going to be a jobber for a bit before we find something for you to do. Uh, character. So Becky gets the dub, and that is that. Fair enough. Yeah, June seventeenth, we get uh, a squash match between Charlotte. And Cassie Mc- and Ka- and Casey Cassidy, uh, she is the other half of that tag team I just mentioned with Jesse McKay. But same thing, they both came into NXT at the exact same time. It's the, the that that Jesse McKay and Casey Cassidy is fun because they like were real life friends. They're both from Australia, and then then they came into NXT at the exact same time as Jobbers, and then they became a tag team. It's pretty. Sweet. Oh shit! Yeah, it's very kind of a cool story. Sarah yeah, Charlotte gets the win, and then we get a backstage interview with Dana Brooke, where she's calling out Charlotte for forgetting all the for having opportunities handed to her, and now she's gonna hand Charlotte an ass kicking next time she sees her. And I will save my comment on that for the next for a slightly ahead of this timeline here. But okay. suffice to say, I don't like this plot line with Charlotte, and I'll explain that in a second. So the June 24th episode of NXT, we get Dana Brooke versus Casey Cassidy. Uh, When I saw, when I was, when I I look, I see all the matches in order before I actually watch them to have an idea of how many matches I'm going to be looking at in a particular segment. And so I saw that back to back and was kind of hoping it becomes almost this like anything you can do, I can do better bit where Dana Brooke beating, trying to beat the same person that Charlotte beat, but faster. I thought they would play into that. They don't. Oof. 
Dana just wins. And then we get an interview with Charlotte and Charlotte is like, nothing has been, has a backstage interview where she responds to Dana Brooke. And she's like, nothing has been handed to me. The only thing I was handed was an opportunity. And so let's, let's, I'll talk why, here's why I hate this, right? Is Charlotte gets this sometimes. And uh, John Cena also gets this a lot, by the way. He has a similar plot. And I complain about this too, is that, the argument of like Charlotte is given things because of her last name. Like there's a certain out of kayfabe sense that makes like that was clearly her foot in the door. Yeah. For someone who otherwise doesn't get who otherwise wasn't in wrestling. And like, if you look at like, why is Charlotte a 13 time women's champion over the course of the next five years? The answer to that question, a big part of that answer is her last name is Flair. But the problem with that is in kayfabe, she won everything legitimately. Yeah. So like trying to portray her as a fraud who was only given everything she's been got given, like who is given everything that she has doesn't really make sense. When in kayfabe, all these fights are real, and she just is the best. I and I, I even out of kayfabe, like sure, she gets the name and the she gets their foot in the door because because her name is Charlotte Flair. But mm-hmm. even out of kayfabe, she's a really talented worker, and mm-hmm. like like the, uh, this this weird like. This always bothers me. Like, yeah, nepotism is a factor with people who have, like, important daddies or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sure, that's a factor. But, like, when that person has genuine talent, it's kind of frustrating to see them always Mm -hmm. be dismissed as, like, ah, it's nepotism, whatever. Like, at least acknowledge the talent that's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's not, it's overall not great. And and I was comparing that to John Cena because a lot of, like, they do, they like to do meta storylines with John Cena about how, he, he isn't a good wrestler and he is and he's just an ass kisser that gets opportunities which especially the he can't wrestle part that's very in like meta out of kayfabe stuff yeah that makes no sense in kayfabe when john cena had to win every single match that he ever had legitimately like it worked with summer of punk because it was a work shoot and it was kind mm-hmm. of meta but like outside of that it does get a little like like, why are we trying to blur the lines here? Yeah, and he didn't, and I think that worked with Punk because he didn't frame it as John Cena is a bad wrestler. He framed it as John Cena gets opportunities to be in championship matches because he is John Cena. Mm-hmm. He painted it as like Cena, he he it's like he legitimate he wins the opera, he takes advantage of the opportunities he's given, but he's given a lot more opportunities than me. Yeah, I should have more opportunities mm-hmm. because I'm better than him. So yeah, exactly. It still makes sense saying that, like trying to p- portray Cena as a bad wrestler doesn't make sense when he's mm-hmm. a a 15 time world champion. Agree. Anyway, so we get to now the July 1st episode of NXT. We oh, the first thing we get is a Becky Lynch interview. If she's if you've noticed, she's been pretty absent a lot and act, and we reveal that. Uh, she, we're back in the trainer's room and she were, and she reveals that with her match with Sasha, she um, injured her hip. And 
she tried and the way she phrases it as she tried to hide it she tried to wrestle through it but it didn't but just made it worse so mm. she's got to like actually take time off now she she's got to let this actually heal oh shit. So becky lynch is out of action for the time being oh shit mm-hmm and then Emma and Carmella had a singles match together. Uh, Emma got the dub. And that was that. But then uh, the we get a backstage bit in the locker room. Haven't had that in a while. <laughs> uh, Emma and Dana are hanging out in the locker room, apparently going to have an interview with Devin Taylor. And they're just and they're eyeing Sasha Banks's NXT Women's Championship that is hanging out of her locker. And then Sasha comes up and is like, the fuck you doing? Yeah. Uh, what you doing? Touching my belt. And they don't try to act like they weren't. They're like, eh, you know, we were kind of eyeing your belt. We kind of want to take it. <laughs> At least they're honest. And she's like, oh, and Sasha's like, oh, hell no. I'll, I will fight. I'll fight both of you. And they're like, <laughs> LOL, sure. Okay. Next week, you can fight both of us if you can find a tag team partner, which if you won't. Mm. So we get to next week, uh, July 8th. We get uh, Sasha Banks has come to the ring. Emma and Dana come out, and they're like, well, don't got a partner, LOL. And then out comes Charlotte. Oh, shit, buddy. Charlotte comes out and is like, Sasha, I'll do this for you, but you owe me. Okay. And so I, I actually was kind of sad because... This is the one-time reunion of the BFFs, kind of where we started it all. And I wanted to show this to David, but we mm -hmm. didn't have time. We don't have Ooh. time. Sadly, commentary doesn't really play up this aspect of that, too. That sucks, but we would have talked about it. Yes. But unfortunately, we don't have time tonight, or, or, or we would have watched that tag ourselves. But Sasha and Charlotte, they win, and Charlotte lays down her demands. Next week on NXT, I want another title match. And Sasha's oh, like, okay, shit, fine. Oh, I guess shit. you did do me a solid. Yep. Yep. That's a good power move from Charlotte. I'm here for it. Yep. And then last, we got a Bailey promo where she is backstage talking about how Emma broke her hand. That's why she's been missing recently. Oh, and oh. to be, I have no idea where this happened. She doesn't mention when it happened. And so I was like looking back on the Emma Bailey match and the, we had this as like, was that when it happened? But no, like, I don't really know when it happened. So I assume it's a real injury, not, not kayfabe, but I have no idea when mm. Emma broke her hand, but she's like, you know what? I'm going to come back stronger. She brings up Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin becoming champion after having a serious injury. And she swears that, Emma, I'm coming for you when I get back. <laughs> and so that is everything up to NXT from where we're going to start. But before that, there is one more thing I have to talk about. The July 13th episode of Monday Night Raw. So a little backstory for this is that uh, on Raw, up to this point, NX, uh, Nikki Bella is the current Divas champion. And she's kind of running roughshod over the whole division as, with the Bella army. Uh, with her, her sister Brie, and Alicia Fox. Uh, her, her biggest challenger right now is Paige. And unfortunately, 
Paige is trying to make get some friends to help her fight the Bellas, uh, but no one wants to take her up on that offer. Because in the time since Paige has left NXT, she has turned heel and turned babyface again. So the locker room doesn't trust her because of her time as a heel. It was actually quite clever. <laughs> so she's like, I'm out of friends. I got to go it alone. And so on the July 13th episode, she's calling out the Bellas and Alicia Fox and out comes Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Stephanie McMahon is like, so I, I see your, I see what your, your struggles here. And, you know, and, and Stephanie, she talks about uh, how there's been a bit of a revolution building here in WWE. And she, and she tonight is going to kickstart that revolution. And she reveals Paige's new friends, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Oh, shit, buddy. They have been called up to the out of NXT. Get it. Oh, shit, buddy. Uh, and But then out comes Tamina and Naomi, who are team bad at this point in time. And they're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this shit going on right here? What is this? Uh, and Stephanie's like, don't worry, guys. I got a new friend for you, too. Introducing Sasha Banks has also been called up to Monday Night Raw. And so on the main roster, this is the birth of the Divas Revolution of that main roster. And while I have plenty to say about why I hate this segment and how it was constructed, uh, the key for our thing is to note now that Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte are officially on their way out of NXT. They're still going to be part of the episodes we watch tonight because they have to tie up the loose ends of NXT, yep. but they are otherwise a gun. And that hangs over the plot of these episodes is the fact that they're leaving. Shit. How do you, oh, okay, you're yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. yeah so. Uh, also, Rip Bailey. <laughs> yeah, Bailey was not called up uh, in this I mean, section. Called up eventually, obviously. But, uh, yes, of course. But whoops. She, she doesn't get to join this party. Oh, no. <laughs> so. What we are watching tonight is we are going to be watching the NXT Four Horse Women segments from July 15th, 2015 episode of NXT to 10 NXT TakeOver Brooklyn on August 22nd, 2015. If you would like to watch along with us, you can watch that through Peacock, WWE's uh, streaming service partner. They have all the episodes of NXT and all the NXT TakeOvers right there on Peacock. It's $4.99 a month with ads. $9.99 a month without ads. Uh, additionally, uh, ideally, excuse me, uh, in alternatively, you can go on YouTube and look up the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn women's title match, which is, uh, again, my favorite match ever. It's really good, and I cannot wait to talk about it on this podcast. I'm excited to see it. <laughs> yep. Uh, until then, I will see you guys in the back half. Woohoo! And we are back. We have just finished uh, the road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn from July 15, 2015, all the way to TakeOver Brooklyn. And oh, man, what, what a time. Damn. David, I'm going to go. I'm, I, I have a whole thing to say. So, I'm, David, I'm going to go. I'm going to turn this over to you first. I mean, I, I have just like a, a whole lot of notes on everything that went down. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I kind of hinted at this. 
within our first half. But this is truly the most amazing arc I think we've followed on this show. This has been the most consummate experience of watching this major cultural shift within modern women's wrestling happen from inception, basically inception to culmination. And just to see, just to have been there for that whole thing as we set up this arc to follow the way we did, it was incredible. It's unlike anything I've ever watched before. It's wild, too, because when you get down to it, the storytelling in Kfig is kind of basic. It's very just, we got a whole bunch of passionate driven ladies, and they, oh boy, do they want that shiny. But this is one of those things where the out-of-kayfabe context adds so much and mm. contributes actively to what's going on in ring because you know what's going on behind the scenes and you know how these women are kind of becoming the four big faces of this side of the company. And watching that happen behind the scenes as they all evolve as performers in ring on mic whatever it's unparalleled i think with anything else in pro wrestling Mm -hmm. at least in my at least in my opinion at least from my humble opinion of the limited relatively things i've watched but dear lord i mean just off the bat overall fuck this has been so good yep uh i'm gonna uh, I'm going to make a joke here and say that uh, I did this arc the way I did it because I needed Dave. Oh, that's not even joking is I needed David to care about the main event of this episode as much as I did. Oh, I <laughs> did. Happened. I did. And well, I'm going to get to that when we get to the main event. I, again, mm-hmm. I have whole pages and pages, yeah. not really, but, but I have a lot of notes on just everything that all yeah. the moving parts that kind of came to their final culmination. Yeah. And uh, my thing is, is that I want to talk about like planning this arc because I had a bit of a conundrum is where do we start and where do we end? Um, uh, Obviously, I chose to do it in NXT TakeOver. I forget which I forget what it was called, the one with Bailey and Charlotte. I forget its name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I considered starting with NXT TakeOver Our Evolution. That's the Sasha and Charlotte one for a reminder. Mm-hmm. And ending with the next one, NXT TakeOver The End, which oh. had uh Char- it was Sasha and Bailey main eventing in a 30-minute Iron Man match. And so I thought about ending it there because it literally would have been a the story of the women's revolution told from the match that really helped blow it up which was sasha and charlotte that was that was the one at the time that like everyone was like whoa whoa what the fuck and leading all the way to their main event and i thought about that and i think it would have been a good story told that way but for two two things is number one for the scale of the moment i don't think brooklyn was topped i think brooklyn was better and two I wanted, I kind of realized that there was some, a brilliant story to tell here outside of just the meta context of the women's revolution. And it was the story of Bailey. And I knew I I felt vindicated by my decision of how I start and end this arc 
as soon as we did this the first episode for this because outside in in between all of this really cool shit of women gaining more airtime and respect as performers on WWE TV in the middle we had a real story in between of of Bailey's arc and journey from the plucky underdog who was maybe a little too optimistic a little too childish but with fought hard, had a lot of heart, and she wanted to win it her way. And she came up short. And then she came up short again and again. But eventually, she, she evolved. She became, she gained a more aggressive side. She learned to stand up for herself. She learned, she stayed, in the, through it all, she stayed true to who she was. And in the end, she ascended to the top. Mm-hmm. and became the champion. I mean, I couldn't say it better myself, and that was mm-hmm. my thought for this final arc. Because when you said... Well, I'll rewind this to the first episode, just as you did. Because as I saw Bailey as the main character kind of in that first set of episodes mm-hmm. we did, I was thinking this has to end with her as the champion that it has to there's no other way mm-hmm. and i wasn't entirely sure then when it got to more moving parts being added when it got to sasha's reign when it got to becky being involved i wasn't sure if it mm-hmm. would actually go that way and then we hit tonight and kind of a couple minutes in to when we started watching tonight i clicked back of oh yeah, of course this is how it has to end. And it even makes me, and you'll feel vindicated by this too, it even makes me not necessarily eat my words, but but it makes me appreciate a little more the clunky as I thought it may have been, even what we got the last time we did the episode, my slight complaints with kind of the, the, the temptation of Bailey TM. Um, I still think it was handled a little bit clunkily, Mm-hmm. But it still contributes overall to that story of the fact that she kept getting knocked down, kept losing by doing things on her terms, but never get got away from sticking to her guns, was always staying true to everything she was from the beginning. She gained that more aggressive side, that more uh, that, that that stronger side, able to really substantially stand up for herself, but it was still Bailey and it just made that final moment feel so amazingly triumphant because yeah, this was her story ultimately. And it's, it, I mean, emotionally so satisfying Mm -hmm. and God, what a great, what a great arc. Holy shit. Yep. And what, this has been a great time and that's, and that's, uh, you know, I talked last time I mentioned that like I wanted to, um, wanted to talk about the impact of this arc in terms of the larger women's wrestling thing. I talked a lot about that at the end of the last episode because I wanted to focus on something else mm-hmm. with this one. And that's, this is what I wanted to focus on was yep. the Bailey side of it. Yeah. Is, I, I, it became her story and I, and I was it like, it always so was. Perfect. Well, at least as in the arc, as we followed it, I, yes, I, have we commend, it, yeah. I, I have to commend the way you plotted this out because it was mm-hmm. perfect. 
the, I wasn't the, even the, prepared for how good that would that turned the out. The episode we started with set that up so incredibly well. You you picked so beautiful. I have to commend your planet skills on this one, man. That mm-hmm. the every the the pacing of this was it was unparalleled. God damn. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that. let's of course. Uh, yeah. Now that I'm done patting myself on the back here, let's <laughs> let's go ahead and get into oh, it. Sir. Uh, oh, so man. we start with July fifteenth with. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT mm-hmm. title. Yeah. And as I as I kind of alluded to in the first half, um a, there was a lot like a lot of this episode feels like tying up loose ends and kind of a culmination of what we've been watching before. And the and like getting to see Sasha and Charlotte one more time because they 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 were the kind of the forever rivals of this. They have like four fucking match. They have like four or five singles matches together for this women's title. We don't we didn't watch all of them, but they they had a lot of matches together. So getting it one more time before they both had peace out of NXT. Yeah. Was, was pretty sweet. Yeah, and this one was really cool too because I, I harped on this in the last episode, maybe even the episode before. But this was kind of one final showcase of just how much both women have evolved in their work up to this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlotte was always the big wolf wolf final boss in a way that she was had was super skilled from the beginning. But even she, uh, even she had a lot, uh, a lot of growth, I think. And of course, Sasha evolved a hell of a lot from when she first began. Both of their moves has developed into these fierce arsenals, like it. This match was nonstop between the two of them. There was always a there was always a movement, always one person reversing from what the other did. Both their strength and acrobatics on this one were on full display, and both were at the absolute next level, which I think is really substantiated by I said when we were watching that Charlotte seemed to do kind of a quick half out relative to, to mm-hmm. match length and whatever. But I thought about it a little more and it kind of clicked because what I was talking about earlier with Charlotte started off as kind of the final boss. She was the, the big girl on campus as it were. Um, This one, I, the quick tap out kind of works because it shows how Sasha and by extension, all the other horsewomen have fully come out to Charlotte's level. Mm-hmm. they're they're able to to be that brutal and get uh they, they they share her power level and so they're able to overcome her a bit easier than they were in the early days when i think that's a tremendous thing to 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 see in real time too yeah classic anime trope to have the new arc villain kick mm-hmm. the shit out of the old one to show how powerful they are yeah i mean i wouldn't even say this was Sasha kicking the shit out of her. She does get the mm-hmm. dub, but yep. Charlotte puts up a good fight. It's just she's easier dispatched this time. It's almost mm-hmm. like a video game where someone who's a big boss early on then goes on to be an easier mini boss at some point or something. Ah, uh, they're, they're they're never as good when they're when they're the allies. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how you do. Anyway, but, yes. Yeah. Sasha gets Sasha and Charlotte put on a heck of a match. They get. Yeah, I also shout out to Charlotte doing her dad's strut 
And then mm-hmm. Sasha at one point getting her knocked down and doing it herself just to taunt her. Sasha mocking her opponent's taunts has always been my favorite heel thing she does. She like, really so funny came into her own with that, and she 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 went harder than ever on the taunting this this time around mm-hmm. in all the stuff we watched, which I'll get to later. But it felt very fun to see just how how cocky she's gotten with this. Yep. So then we we progress to the July twenty second episode of NXT where they're in with an interview Emma Emma and Dana Brooke, and yeah. Emma is about to have her match with Bailey and she mocks Bailey a little bit. We end up getting uh, Dana and Emma hug to make fun of Bailey. It was so gay. Listen, Claire, I didn't where are you when we need to you? Bring that up, but like. Like the way that Emma looks at ba- at at Dana's bicep is, I have questions. Get you someone who looks at you the way Emma looks at Dana Brooks' bicep. Yes, but it was great. They... also, of course, we always have to head back Devin Taylor. Yep, rip. Uh, then we <laughs> get to, to, to Bailey and Emma, kind of. Yep. Uh, culminating this this nonsense that they've had going yeah. on. <laughs> yep, Emma's in full evil red. I commented, mm. kind of looked like a Wonder Woman breastplate. Yeah, it it was uh full. Uh, yep, the color theory has come to its climax color. here. Yes, and Bailey running with the injured hand that she had that yep. we mentioned in the front half is broken, which that yep. plays a very big part later. Oh yeah. Very excited to talk about that. But for now, we get a continuation of aggro Bailey here and it's super fun to watch. Now this is a Bailey who is fully like, I'm, I'm a, you've hurt your, you injured me. I'm a kick your ass. Yeah. And this was, we were talking about this. We were watching, but this was my big realization of just how much, at least in these early days, I can't speak to her more recent work, but the very much, how Bailey's a strength-based wrestler. She's mm-hmm. her thing is kind of. I assume this. They. I, I'm going to assume. I'm going to give some charitability here. This is purposely constructed this way. That since she's kind of the go get 'em noob, her move set is a little more straightforward and focused on power. From what I've seen of her in these episodes. Potentially also could stem from an idea of like, you know, baby faces are a little more in general can sometimes have more basic move sets. Mm-hmm. It's a very traditional way of looking at it. Yeah. But it does end up fitting very well. Yeah. It does. But it is, it is cool to notice about her. And again, intentional or no, I do appreciate that it seems to indicate an outward manifestation of this inner strength that she holds really close to her. I think it's cool that Bailey, who's kind of this lanky girl that you would think maybe she'll be a flippy girl or whatever, she's mm-hmm. a little more powerful mm-hmm. than what she looks like just from a glance. Eh, I don't yeah. know. I think it's I think it's I I just think it's neat. Yeah, I just think it's neat. Uh hundred percent. And then Bailey gets the dub, obviously. This is this is gonna be a very pro Bailey episode. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, she beats Emma. She's conquered her enemy. She is mm-hmm. triumph over uh, over her like cynical anti-self. Other half, or, yeah. Or whatever you put it. And then 
uh, she gets on the microphone after the match and is like, I'm back. You know, I just beat Emma. I'm on a roll, but I want to be champion. And to be the next champion, I have to beat the best of the best. So Charlotte. And that's Charlotte, not Sasha. Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Which rules. Yeah, but first we get a Charlotte interview immediately after that. And she's about, and she and Charlotte kind of tears up a little bit talking about the Divas revolution that's going on on Raw now. But she's about to accept Bailey's challenge. And then here comes Dana Brooke. She repeats a lot of the same talking points that I mentioned in the front half that I didn't like. I I I was kind of okay with her stuff about like, oh, you want oh another chance to get you you want it you get another one of those, and she brings up how she's had like four opportunities to w- beat Sasha for the women's title, and then she gets an opportunity to go to run Raw, and she's like, wow, Charlotte, look at all those chances you get. Yeah. Uh, and she's salty about it, basically. And she does mm-hmm. the your daddy's famous thing. And mm-hmm. I, I'll i give it, at the very least, it kind of worked here because it was it was less about her work and more you get opportunities because Ric Flair is your dad. And mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough. That is a right. fair point. And they're not being too weird about it. So I'll give it to them. Mm-hmm. But they're they're so salty that. Dana even denies Devin the head pat this time. Oh, that wasn't Devin, actually. Oh, that was a different. Oh, shit. I was like, I thought she looked different, but I wasn't. Yeah, I I admit they look similar, but but I don't know who it was, but it's not Devin Taylor. Oh, well, maybe that's why. they No head pats is not because it's not Devin. You're not Devin. Imposter. Imposter. You don't count. But yeah, so so as much as we were bitching about that in the front half, this Mm -hmm. spot. Yeah, it worked well enough, even though it doesn't really end up going anywhere, anywhere in what we watch. But hey, no, I mean, you know, whatever. At least it worked uh, all right. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, no, no, it was a head pat fake out. Yeah, she fakes it out, but she doesn't end up doing it. And she does she... come back for the head back. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. In the July twenty ninth get... episode, we get Emma and Dana one last promo about this, and Dana's like, "No one believed that I would, I could be. Could, no one believes I can beat Charlotte, but no one believed that I could." take the fitness world by storm too. And I did that. And yep. she's like, I'm going to beat Charlotte. Okay. Yep. Oh no, this is where we get the head path fake up. Pardon yeah. She, but, but, but she, no, she's like, you know what? This match is too important. Sigh. Sigh. Yep. Okay. It. Sure. And then we get to Charlotte versus Dana. And I don't have a whole lot to say about this, but it's solid. Cause of course it is. Right. Charlotte's Sh- Charlotte's really good. Dana is good. I mean, it's pretty short, not, though. That's I think that's probably my level. biggest remark. She's yeah. so short. Uh, oh, divas, divas are creeping in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> get, fucked, get fucked, Dana. Charlotte kind of kicked your ass. Yeah, Charlotte kicks her ass. Dana puts up a decent fight. It was all right, not really super notable, but but it was a good match, and it caps off this little mini tiny baby yeah. arc we did as part of this this series of episodes. So sure, short. sure. And Let's move on to the real meat here is a August 5th episode of NXT. We get Bailey versus Charlotte. Oh God. All right. I got to pull up the notes full screen for this one. Okay. I'd love, let's go hear your notes first. I'll add on. So this is an extension of what I was talking about with Charlotte versus Sasha in that Mm -hmm. we saw Charlotte and Sasha both grown a lot since the beginning. This is, I mean, 
Charlotte or Bailey's match with Emma was really, really good. But mm. Bailey versus Charlotte, I think, is the real full example of how much Bailey's grown. She's on Charlotte's power level now, too, just like Sasha is. One take I had watching this that I'm not totally sure is legit if or if it's just kind of recency bias from me seeing things more recently and just remembering them certain ways. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask for your input on this. But something I was kind of thinking is that Charlotte seems good at chameleoning herself to her opponent's style because she seemed to pull out more of her acrobatic gymnastics in her match with Sasha. And against Bailey, she seems a little more powerful. Does that is that at all something you have noticed, or does that seem legit at all, or am I just kind of? And that seems I mean, a little legit. I think Charlotte is pretty multi talented and style stylistically, so I think that she was a, she's kind of able to work both ways. Yeah, although I I do, I do also see, and this is reflective of what mm-hmm. I talked about. I think at the end of last time with Charlotte and Bailey kind of meeting each other on each other's terms is. Bailey's gotten a little more acrobatic in ring, I think, mm-hmm. from how she first started. If I'm again, if I'm remembering correctly, I think she I mean does she's doing she's more. doing a lot of she's doing a lot of stuff from the top rope these days. Yeah, she does a lot more rope work, a lot more jumpy shit. Now she doesn't go full flippy, but she does no. a lot more rope work. And again, meeting Charlotte on her level level a little bit, she's mm-hmm. she's grown and she's taken things from her contemporaries to add to her own arsenal, which is no. great. And of course, Bailey for the dub. Bailey's on a fucking roll. Yeah, hell yeah. It felt really good to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I will say some cool sequence I remember is like when Charlotte was trying to like push Bailey into the corner, Bailey flips over Charlotte and then hits her with the with the Bailey to belly mm-hmm. right off of that. That was a really cool move. But oh, then yeah. we also got the first like kick out of the Bailey to belly, as far as I'm aware, requiring Bailey to take it to the top rope. I think it's we've seen belly to belly kickouts before, or maybe they've just been failed belly to bellies. I can't remember. I think I think it's only failed belly to bellies. I don't remember her getting kicked out of. I was, I was pretty shocked because I didn't realize Charlotte did that. But they hit him with hit her with the top rope belly yeah. to belly, which was nuts. Well, what's interesting about the belly to belly too is relative to other finishers. Again, talking about her moveset earlier, it's kind of basic, simple, you know, mm-hmm. basic, simplistic, straightforward, whatever you want to call it. It's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty basic. I mean, they, yeah, they yeah, kinda, but kinda, I mean, kind of derail a little bit, but like the Netflix series Glow, like lampshades that move. <laughs> but like, I think what's cool about that is again, it plays into Bailey's style in that she's mm-hmm. running with the classics because she grew up on this stuff, and then and that's she's the excited noob, and that's kind of what she mm-hmm. goes for. But also, I really like how it speaks to the. In- intelligence of her character especially if what you said is true and i just hadn't noticed it about nobody's really kicked out of the bailey to belly before is that she's very good at employing it tactically mm-hmm. uh there is a distinct idea in her mind of when is the right time to employ that finisher mm-hmm. because it she saves it for those times where her opponents are depowered enough that just simple slam to the to the floor is going to be really effective don't want to don't want to waste your big move Exactly. Before you're done. Again, it's it. There's so much great storytelling with just her moveset, just her physicality. Mm-hmm. I talk about this all the time, especially in this arc. But it it, it really is true, and I it, it's exemplified. I got to see so much really concentrated here. Now that Bailey's moveset has really fully evolved into 
just how true that is for her. And it's mm-hmm. almost mind blowing in how smart it all is. Plus, plus the fact that like her finishing move is a move where she hugs you and then slams. Yeah, you. <laughs> yep, that works. Bailey is gonna hug you. That is very true. Mm-hmm. But Bailey gets the big win, which is kind of significant, I think, especially for the way we followed this arc, because literally the whole thing was about her beating Charlotte. Yeah. We started this, I, with her beating remember. Charlotte and being unable to do so. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Is this her first time beating Charlotte? Yes. This is her okay, first that's time what beating I thought. Charlotte. That's what I thought. Because I didn't want to make a note about it because I wasn't sure. But yeah, this is her first. She has finally beaten Charlotte. She's beaten the best. And of course, it's all uphill from here. Yep. So, and in fact, later in the episode, she heads to William Regal's office to speak to him. And she's like out of breath and she's excited. And then William Regal has to be like, slow down, slow, calm down here. What do you want from, what do you want to say? What do you want to ask me about? And she's like, I, you know what? I'm on a roll. I just beat Charlotte and I want a match for the NXT women's title. And, and old William Regal is like, well, you've earned it. Yes, you have, but you're not the only one who's earned the title shot. (laughs) So here's what we're going to do is next week. You will have a number one contenders match with Becky Lynch. And so that sets up the August 12th episode. Also, shout out to fucking stoic British old man tendencies and Bailey goes in for the hug and Riggs is just like, nope, solid handshake. Give me a firm handshake. Give me a firm hand. Oh, man. I don't know if you caught it, but he had a very cute line afterwards to be like, oh, by the way, I just want to let you know that that my niece, you're her favorite wrestler. I did not catch that. That's adorable, yeah. though. Yeah. But no. oh my god. But yeah, it gave me gave me flashbacks to my own British grandfather. Oh, I love how tropey old British men are. It's beautiful. Anyway, uh, just a personal note from David. Oh, yeah. Good shit. Then we authentic. <laughs> authentic. Authenticity. Here. <laughs> so the August twelfth, the August twelfth episode, Bailey and Becky Lynch for the uh, number one contenders match. But oh ho ho. We also get Sasha Banks at the commentary table. Oh yeah, this was good. But oh, it tie it. I do kind of have meaningful things to say about this because then it ended up tying into some of my notes for the final match. But mm. but yeah, Becky versus Bailey for the top contendership, and talking a lot about Styles uh, in this episode specifically. It's cool to see them square off for two reasons. One on the styles conversation is their styles kind of like Charlotte's and Sasha's are kind of close together. Their styles are a little closer together because Austin and I were talking about this and Charlotte and Sasha are the little more acrobatic of the two, whereas Bailey and Becky are a little more strength based. So it's cool to see two pseudo brutalists go at it with each other mm-hmm. in ring. Uh, and it's also, of course, especially cool because, oh my God, the former teammates that were at the top of this all Bailey's first post Charlotte friend. They're yep. now squaring off for the they're, top. They're there for the, for the t- our, again, how is this all placed to how we started is that when we first, when Becky Lynch first came to NXT, besides viewing river dancing, her stick was being best friends with Bailey, her being Bailey's next friend after yep. Charlotte betrayed her. Yep. And then Becky betrayed her too. Rip. Um, yeah, but look how far it Becky's come as a character, and look how far they both come as workers. Mm-hmm. Oh god, good shit. 
And it's, I think it's a really, te- I think it really, a really technical match. You talk about Charlotte kind of coming to Bailey's level. I think Bailey does a lot to come to Becky's level and play to Becky's mm. strength. She's very, Becky, especially since she started doing the disarm her, very technique based. Oh, and yeah. I think Bailey definitely came to play on that, uh, on that for aspect too. Becky, yeah, is probably the technician of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did notice a lot more in this match and the next one of Bailey starting to go more into technique too. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that. But yeah, she matches she matches Becky really well and is able to understand her former friend and 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 how best to to dismantle mm-hmm. her offense. It's it's great. Yeah, and and Sasha on commentary. Fantastic. Being a fucking egomaniac the whole no, time. No, I love, I love it. She's basically like, oh yeah, they're good, great, whatever. But what about me? I'm yeah, she, yeah. She's just basically being like, basically being like, let's focus on me here, boys. Mm-hmm. That, that's, to her, to her credit, is that I, I is like when we got to the more intense ending of the match, she kind of shut up, and that's I, I appreciate her like instincts to know to do that. Yeah. Like, like once the match really started kicking into high gear to the end, she knew to like stop making it all about me and let them talk about the match. Oh, ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. What was what was great about it was was that it did provide a great accenting early on mm-hmm. that this is who we have to face at the end of it. It it helped add this impending shadow over the contendership match. I mean, contendership matches always have that shadow because you always right. know what they're squaring off for. But right. having having that immediacy of Sasha there on commentary, being a snarky bitch about it the whole time, really made it palpable of what the final, no pun intended, boss was of this of of this. Hey, But either way, yeah. When when it came time to focus on the the two women, Charlotte did kind of, or Sasha did sit back and allow the moment to marinate which Mm -hmm. just again the skills on all of them in ring on mic fucking whatever are all impeccable it's insane to me how good these women are holy shit as as for the match itself again it's more technique based and once and and becky once again going at bailey's arm and like uh something i just kind of realized is that i think charlotte might have been the only person in these matches that didn't try to attack bailey's injured hand (laughs) Again, Charlotte, that lawful neutral, she's going to do it the honorable way, mm-hmm. which Be- I appreciate. To be fair to Becky, I don't think she's doing it as maliciously as Emma no. and Sasha do it. It's more just like, well, this is the best way for me to win. Well, I gotta yeah, win. but also, well, you, you, you also then remember what Sasha was going off about the whole time and that why isn't she going for Bailey's broken hand? Mm-hmm. So there is a, a nice foreshadowing, but B... Yeah. There, there is while while there is a lot of technical pain deliverance going on here, mm-hmm. there's still a distinct refusal to engage in nastiness. Right. Again, more along the lines of of Becky's face turn that's kind of implicitly happened by this point. Mm-hmm. There, there, there is a level of honor between the two women that carries through and that was marked very well by Sasha being like hey why aren't you going for the broken hand Becky what the go fuck the, go for the hand yeah and also one last important thing that's set up with Sasha on commentary is they ask her early on who her preferred opponent out of this is and she's like oh well 
I don't really want to fight no, either of know. them. But if I had to pick, it'd be Becky. I just think she'd be the better opponent. And that sets that's up. Gonna kind of that's going to set up the next couple of bits with Sasha and Bailey. Oh, yeah. And again, I have plenty to say about that. So, uh, props to Sasha for not doing the thing where you try to like get out of having any contenders by making the match go to a DQ or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out that's like the most least successful trope in wrestling ever. Like literally every single time that ever happens, there the the authority figure is like, well, I guess it's got to be a three way match. Oh, uh, waka waka! <laughs> it's like, oh god damn it! My plan uh. to have no contenders failed again <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it, darn it darn it it never works but if anyway only i had any any amount of precedent to predict that this would happen no oh, I get, oh well i guess i guess they had to deal with it but no of course they, they did it the smart way this time because of course this arc is great yay mm-hmm. uh and uh it ends where it kind of a really cool sequence of bailey has uh becky and the bailey to belly set up then Becky reverses out of it and, 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 and is dragging her down with an arm bar to the point. But but Bailey's fighting and scratching oh, and it was, and the, it was a disgusting arm bar. No. Uh, it's the disarm mm-hmm. her. I don't know what you... They the, definitely the, never tried to make call it the disgusting arm bar. The disgust, it, disgusting. it makes me cringe so fucking hard, dude. That would Why? be very dumb, and they clearly never did that. Yeah, again, as I point as I pointed out to us, was it fucking ever called that? Is a kind of funny undermining of Becky's character up to this point of being like of being like <laughs> I started out selling out who I was to a stereotype, and now I've come into my own and had self actualization, and then we're just fucking calling, we're making fun of her accent in her ultimate like finisher submission submission. Like fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, luckily got Becky long. is trying to drag Bailey down for the disarm her, but Bailey is able to grab Becky by the leg, roll her up mm-hmm. for the one, the two, and the three. Oh, yeah, and something I really, really liked about the end of this, and I don't know where I, where my note on this went. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that I, there's something I noticed during the replays specifically because they were after the after the match is done, they run through the replays. And we see two of Bailey's attempted pins on Becky that didn't work first. And both times, Becky was just kind of laying prone. And I thought to myself in those moments how wrong that would have felt if that was, like, how weird that would have felt if that was the way that Becky went out. And I couldn't quite pinpoint why, but something about that is like, man, it is kind of weird that, this is how my thought process went. It was, man, it's kind of weird that in order to put people over, wrestlers will just kind of like, lie there like a bitch yeah. for for their opponent when mm-hmm. you know for all we know they could still have more fight in them IRL and then I thought about it more I'm like oh well probably the reason you don't notice that a lot is because it's really earned and then I'm like why wouldn't this have felt earned here and then I watched Bailey's pin of, of Becky in the replay and I realized what worked so well is that Becky fought through it up to the last second Be- Becky this is probably the most I've ever seen anyone actively fight a pinfall and mm-hmm. it felt so fitting for this arc specifically and for becky as a character because her whole thing is she's kind of come up as the feisty came the fuck out of nowhere will fight to the bitter end because she's just that fucking into her craft and i think that 
worked insanely well too. The moment of Becky fighting to the bitter end through uh, through Bailey's pinfall of her. I think that moment was really brilliant. It's small but brilliant moment. Yeah, I agree. It feels appropriate that like the like not necessarily the scrappiest because I think that'd probably be Bailey, but the most like like we talked last time about how she has this desperate air about her, mm-hmm. and that is and it's kind of appropriate that she loses in in a desperate pin <sighs> as she as she fought so hard to escape but just couldn't. Yeah. God damn. But the stage is set. Bailey versus Sasha Banks at Brooklyn. Yup. Yup. And so, of course, what's there to do before a big major match? But a contract con- con- yeah. That contract. Of course. We always, always got to We always got to with the contracts around here, huh? Yeah. This is a legitimate business, sir. We sign these contracts. <laughs> On stage with mics in hand so there can always be some drama bullshit that goes down. hey drama there is. Drama uh, so there we, is. Because, we, of we course, did. yeah, Billy Billy Riggs walks out and he's like, we have a, we have a top contendership match. Uh, we, have, we have a championship match coming up. So, of course, we have to have the, the traditional contract signing. Ah! And Bailey and Sasha come out. And Bailey immediately gets on mic, and of 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 course, of course she does. Um, and to your point of Bailey ultimately wins this thing by doing things her own way. My note here was that she's standing up to Sasha's ego in her own way. She mm-hmm. doesn't stoop to, to she doesn't stoop to a whole lot of nastiness. She gets like one little dig in on Sasha, but ultimately, it's her rallying her people and. It's giving that aggressive positivity and optimism to buck up and say to Sasha, say to Sasha, I'm fucking ready for you. Mm-hmm. And of course, Sasha has to be like, oh, and of course, Sasha's got to be a motherfucker. If I don't got the big match mm-hmm. you, you, and she's like, you're a loser, Bailey. Yep. And you're a loser. It's going to be yeah, easy. Either. You're going to fail again. And then, loser, loser, loser. <laughs> Any, uh, and so she signs the contract with a ridiculously large stamp. Yeah, but and then that's when the real drama starts. I think because well, Sasha's about ready to skedaddle. Well, out well, of first, here. first, I want to point out that we had the final ugly head rearing of the fucking ratchet chant back in yep. full force for this one and i was like god damn it i thought we were done with this that's so hard and she's like I- i'm ratchet no i'm the boss yeah and, and, and luckily we didn't have a chorus of no she's not but god damn the strongest i've heard the ratchet chance in a minute i'm like yeah, you, yeah i did not miss you i think that it comes from the fact that like okay so for a little outside context is that mm-hmm. the full cell crowd got super fucking salty about the fact that they're doing takeover in brooklyn Oh like, really? Yes. Like just the mere mention of of Brooklyn always got booze. If you know, ah! like when Regal said it, when Sasha said it, baited them into booing her, and kind of infamously, Kevin Owens cut a promo about the about this, and he basically called the entire crowd a bunch of entitled babies, which they were being. They were <laughs> being entitled babies about this. I have. To- yeah, like, I get it. 
you've mm. been loyal to this, and of course they got to take their big match to the other to the other like side of the country horizontally. Mm. But 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 like guys, please chill a little bit. It's how yeah. we do. Uh, All time great Kevin Owens promo when he shits on the full sale crowd. <laughs> I'll have to check that out at some point. Yeah, but anyway, so like. The fat when she brought up Brooklyn and Matt that this match was gonna happen there, like the crowd, it felt like the crowd was already like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> they're like, they're like, damn it, we're we're vindicated in calling you Ratchet. Yeah, I uh, guess. Entitled but, babies, a lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so after the after they all signed the contract, Sasha's ready to get out of here. She's like, all right, I'm done. And Bailey's like, no, hold on a minute. I've seen my fair share of contract signings and I've watched WWE a lot and I saw what you did to Becky. This is going to be some drama shit, isn't it? Bailey lampshading the trope made me so happy. It was so fucking funny. Uh, uh, shit, David, we have a baby face that watches the show. That's oh, a, man. It's too powerful. That's so meta. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and so she runs out like how she's gonna how like she's ready for this you know that like i re- know that this is my moment they know this is my moment and you know it sasha yep. and sasha this is when sasha decides to start cutting real deep when when bailey tries to start this again she's like she brings up that oh that you know becky and charlotte were threats you aren't Yep. There's a reason that you're not on Raw and SmackDown like we are. Oh, man. And we, we start to do the part of this arc about the four horsewomen and how suddenly there's kind of a pecking order and Bailey is at the bottom because she's not the one on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. And... As Sasha will say many times in this segment and this match, and in the match, she's like, "You're a loser, Bailey. You're pathetic." And it, I, I was hoping to, I could draw more parallels to Charlotte's promos about Bailey at the beginning of this, and there's a little bit. It's not quite the same. She doesn't necessarily say like, "You need to grow up, Bailey." But she yeah. does point out that of Bailey's childish persona in her eyes. And she's, she said, oh, you were a role model for all these little girls? Well, I'm going to be a role model and show them that fairy tales don't have happy endings. Oh, I know. Like, fuck, okay. Sasha Banks, big fan of the grim fairy tales. Yeah, yeah. So, sounds like sounds like some, some weird boomer shit, but okay. Sure. So... But it, I, I do think there are parallels to this idea that like Bailey's persona and who she is as a person makes her opponents see her as lesser and underestimate her. And for Charlotte, it, Charlotte did win, but even if Bailey gave her respect, but oh boy, Bailey and Sasha are going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And, I, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, and it had, we end with, I, I like that we end this moment with bailey with us excuse me sasha is trying to leave she's like well i'm out all right my work here is done and then bailey's like oh fuck no 
She thinks, just think about it for a second. And then she runs up the ramp and starts beating Bailey, she, Sasha's ass. Oh, yeah. One last round of aggro Bailey before the final match, baby. She has to get pulled apart by the referees. Have to drag her away. Yeah, the, 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 the aggroist of all the Baileys. Mm. <laughs> uh, but to, to your point, I do really agree that something I noticed is the condescension to Bailey from Sasha here feels like such a thematic thematic through line with how this all started mm -hmm. if we're talking about this as the story of bailey the, it's it's been a thing with charlotte it's a, it's a tiny bit with becky more becky just being like implicitly saying bailey made me sold out sell out fuck you mm -hmm. and then sasha of course i think sasha is kind of the ultimate for this one because it's really highlighting the two extremes of where we started of the mirror master versus the golden girl of uh, the the one with endless ambition who thinks she's too good for everybody versus the one with endless optimism who just wants to reach the top in mm -hmm. her own way and the juxtaposition this final juxtaposition of them between before they before they square off in ring for that for that title match was a great just flashback almost to where we started mm -hmm. of we've come so far, but we still have these final two little things to wrap up of both of them are still hanging on to their attitudes from when they started, mm -hmm. but only one of them can come. Well, only one of those attitudes can be proven correct. Yep. So let's fucking see. I, I really liked that moment of, of the final standoff between them it, it's mm -hmm. beautiful i think yeah before we move on to the to the match i will say i had a total mandela effect moment here oh because i swore to god that they that becky that uh sasha did the did the thing where she stood on the table and held ba bailey down and yes i know she did that with becky but i thought she did it twice i thought she oh. did it with becky and with bailey oh shit and so when she left i was like wait wait a minute I thought, wait a minute, she's supposed to oh, do the thing. Hold up a second, yeah. This isn't is, is right. Oof. But no, apparently I just kind of combined both moments. She only Fair did enough. that with Becky. Fair enough. Uh, then we we move on to the takeover. Mm -hmm. And we get we get Stephanie McMahon out, first of all. because Her style enough. and grace. It's always something, something. Welcome to yeah. the queendom where the king bowed down. Okay. Something, something Stephanie McMahon invented women. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Stephanie McMahon comes out to kind of like, you know, do do the bit where they're like, here's what's the attendance. Woo, cheer. Because yeah. she's like, there's 15,589 people here. I will say, they integrated the attendance count in a cool way here for mm -hmm. talking about just how far NXT has come. Yeah, she she's raw raws about how like NXT has come so far that they can like fill a 15,000 seat arena for people mm -hmm. who are just here to see NXT. Yep. There's no other show going on. It's, it's just this. Just NXT. And which is in its own way, pretty fucking cool. And then she talks a little about the Divas Revolution and acknowledges that it started in NXT. Mm -hmm. And she introduces the two competitors, Sa ba Sasha Banks and Bailey. And first, yeah. 
outcomes of well first we get a video package and i want oh, to talk true. about oh i want to how did i forget the video package uh honestly one of my favorites wb's ever done it was it was pretty good i thought it was kind of weird because it, it it the the way they did it felt a little uneven in like focusing on like bailey versus sasha i felt but mm-hmm. it felt like a little more bailey centric and it was kind of like but i still i enjoyed it overall because i at first thought it was going to be a broad four horsewomen mm-hmm. promo package and it just kind of ended up being Bailey versus Sasha, kind of mostly Bailey. But the thing I really liked from this was that from a couple of the final segments, there was this really cute little girl like at like front row ringside who was dressed up just like Bailey. And she had a sign and Bailey like gave her a headband and shit. And by the end of Bailey's Bailey's dub against Becky, she was like fucking emotional. She was so mm-hmm. she was so so happy cute little thing and she fucking got interviewed in this promo package i i call her small bailey she's my new favorite and i guarantee you she's going to become the next bailey in wwe or AEW. she's smart about which company she works for mm-hmm. yeah so uh my I, the part of the video package i i kind of enjoyed the fact the the part the big very beginning when she had when bailey they play the Bailey theme and they're showing the highlights and then they do the one and they do like the video, the, the music effect and like yeah. distort it. And then they show the picture of the four horsewomen and they slowly fade, fade Bailey, Bailey out. out of the picture. Some fucking back to the future fading out here. What the fuck? And like, is it's a little bit of a, ru- it's a bit of a rushed aspect of the story because it literally kind of just happened what can you do but i do kind of love they they tried to make this parallel to this idea bailey is the underdog of like literally like everyone's all everyone talks about the four horse women of nxc well guess what raw and smackdown only wanted three yep you don't belong you are not on our level bailey Mm -hmm. and it's cool to see and it also had a great cut because of like because they do the bit and they sort of intersperse some of Bailey's sit down interview talking about how two years of two year journey for her. Mm-hmm. And then right as they get to the part where f- they fade Bailey out of the picture, they snap cut to Sasha Banks. And the first time she's talked in the promo to be like, so what? I don't <laughs> care about Bailey. Like I, I think that was really good editing. Yeah, it, that was, that was cute. Like I said, it was kind of weirdly Bailey centric, but I did like the Charlotte or the, the Sasha spots that we got. Mm-hmm. And it's cool they included that aspect. Yeah. But then we get to Bailey arriving. Yeah. She's in her gold and white gear. Yeah. Um, she's Actually, wearing, they were the, wearing the colors of the NB flag, I know. Total accident. Yeah. But, you know, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we she, She's wearing uh, Dusty Rhodes colored uh, headband and... Uh, yeah, uh, the wristbands, Dusty, right? the polka dots. Yes, because Dusty Rhodes would have recently passed away at this point. I don't remember the Dusty exact Rose date, but passed away. In Wikipedia on June 11, twenty fifteen. Yes. So, and Dusty Rhodes was kind of like the father of NXT as we think of it, as we oh. know it. Like he was, like you, like the original rebrand of NXT. He was like front and center of that in terms of like training the 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 wrestlers like any wrestler from that was in nxt from 2012 to 2015 has like oodles of stories about dusty roads they would love to talk they love to talk about 
everyone's got an impression of Dusty Rhodes' daddy. Yeah. And, you know, it's all very sweet and heartwarming. And, you know, it's sad that he's gone, of course, and all that. Yeah. But so Bailey paying tribute to Dusty um, in this match was pretty cool. And then out comes Sasha in her. Wait, also, giant... I need to point out with Bailey's entrance. I'm sorry, but so many inflaty boys. She got extra. She's got room for more inflatable tube men. So many tube men. It was great. Yep. And then yeah. we get Sasha coming out. She's got an entourage. She shows up in like a big car. Yeah, fucking SUV. Uh, <laughs> not SUV. I don't know. Hummer looking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alberto Del Rio 2.0 out in here. Should have she should have come out in a Mercedes because her real ah, life name is Mercedes. That'd have been hilarious. Anyway, uh, she's got like she got she brings she has like four security guards. Yeah, she's yeah, got the they, she, she somehow made Alberto Del Rio's entrance look even more opulent. Yep, it's impressive, really. Mm-hmm. But she's comes she's coming to the ring. She's looking amazing, oh, and man. we have we get to the match. And of course it starts like it, it couldn't be more fitting with how this is kind of culminated starts with Sasha shit talking Bailey and immediate and Bailey just immediately starts canning her. <laughs> this, match, this match had a whole lot of Sasha talking shit and getting hit. Oh, and I have things to say about that. It, once it kind of gets toward the end of it, but, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, it it's it's an important part of the match, I will say. Yes, early, early in the matches, you see a lot of aggression from Bailey as she's mm. like a house of fire. She's she's throwing hands. She's mm. ready to beat Sasha. Sasha though is able to use her superior technique. Yeah, to kind of give the advantage and start beating down on Bailey. But the thing is, Bailey keeps fighting. Mm. Bailey Bailey dodges the 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 dreaded knee drop twice. Yeah. And then gets knee dropped from the top rope and still fucking gets up from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that a point, a moment of the match, and I think that was a turning point of the match for the next. If I want to, I want to try to act like this match has acts to it. Absolutely. Uh, I would argue that the end of Act One was the knee drop because the Sasha decides to have a different tactic now because Sasha is getting mad. Like that is, I want to, I want to like shout that out right now is that like Sasha does a great job throughout the match looking increasingly angry and increasingly like frustrated and tired. Mm-hmm. It's like, why won't you die? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So Sasha starts attacking the hand and two she she kind of does a lot of stuff focused on the arm and the hand but the two moments that most stand out is when she takes bailey to the outside she grabs bailey's hand she rips bailey's arm tape off and first she slams bailey's hand into the ring steps which would in one which if you have a broken hand that also that would already suck <laughs> but then she's like oh no i'm not done so she takes Bailey's hand. She manages to stick Bailey's hand in between the ring steps and the ring. Yep. So it's a tight space here. And then she kicks the steps into Bailey's hand. Yeah. her hand like oh that. Oh my God. Oh, that like, was such a crazy spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole hand thing was nuts. But the, but the hand and the steps between the ring. Fuck. That was insane. Yep. And then a little bit later on, 
we get Sasha gets the bank statement on and Bailey, she's crawling to the ropes. She has her, her hand outstretched and Sasha's like, you know what? Sasha starts Fuck stomping hand. Bailey's hand to get yeah. her to stop. You don't need a hand. Bye-bye. No. That's not the last time she'll do that, but that's absolutely the first time. And I remember watching that being like in awe. Of like, oh, what God. the fuck? Jesus, I know. Well, something that I want to highlight too about this moment, though, uh, when it comes to Bailey, mm-hmm. is something I thought about during the match, especially when there's a point where Sasha has Bailey in the corner and she's kind of slamming her head into the to the the turnbuckle, but mm-hmm. Bailey hulks up almost and reverses it. Is I was thinking about this because Bailey's always been resilient, but there's something about her resiliency in these recent matches specifically that feels viscerally like something exciting, like a character growth mm-hmm. moment. I was thinking about why, because she's always been resilient, always been willing to get back up. But I think what makes it work is talking kind of how she's on Charlotte's power level earlier and how much her arsenal's grown along with all the other horsewomen, yada, yada, is finally in full, in a full sense, she has something to substantiate that resilience, that optimism. She has that incredible technical skill to back it all up. I mean, she had good technical skill mm-hmm. since the be- beginning. Don't get me wrong, but it's grown so much. And it's, I think that's boosted her confidence in a way of knowing that she can step into the ring with the best of them and pull it out because she has the skills to do so. And it allows that resiliency to be bolstered into something really, really powerful. And it has a lot of great moments to shine throughout the match. And what I think is the coolest of all is this moment where Bailey's in a submission hold from Char- uh, from Sasha and is reaching for the rope and Char- Sasha's like, no, fuck your hand. And Bailey, what's really cool is that Bailey eventually reaches out her other hand, touches the rope for a brief moment. But instead of touching the rope and breaking the hold, she pulls out a reversal on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I think that is perhaps the most important moment, moment of the match because with Bailey she's always been great, but was kind of bridesmaid never the bride. Cause she always had that moment where she had to tap out of the thing where she, where she just mm-hmm. had to give it up. She couldn't take it anymore, but here in a submission hold, she doesn't elect to break it. She elects to reverse it. Mm-hmm. And, and the announcers lose their mind at this. I They're like, how did she do that? Yeah. And that it was a moment unlike any other, mm-hmm. especially for a character like Bailey, because it feels, that feels like the ultimate culmination of everything we've seen mm-hmm. with her up to this point, was that reversal. It was mm-hmm. incredible, and incredibly meaningful. And she doesn't just reverse it, she reverses it into the bank statement, and puts the yeah. bank statement on Sasha. Yup! And Again. Sasha has to roll her way into the ropes to avoid tapping out to her own move. Yup! And yeah, Sasha's the one that ends up having to go to the ropes for it and break it that way. Again, really meaningful. And that leads yeah. me to kind of what the, the 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 Sasha side of this match and this kind of final rivalry is Sasha Sasha's shit talking all the way from the 
the the egomania of her on commentary during the top contendership match all the way to her just like shit talking Bailey all throughout this match is I I mentioned getting her getting cocky and that's really what it is it's her getting cocky mm-hmm. it's what makes Sasha lose this match if we're looking at it from a character perspective mm-hmm. is we've talked about Bailey winning on her own terms and that's kind of on a character moral level why she's permitted to, why we are rewarding her with this win. And you think about Sasha at first, and you're like, well, Sasha's the same as she's always been. She's she's fucking driven, and she just wants this and will fight for this, however, blah, blah, blah. And that's just always a constant with her, so why? But if you think about it, this fi- these final moments of her of her being being so egotistical on commentary and being condescending to Bailey during the contract signing and being really bitchy to her in ring and just just shit talking her the whole time it's a form of complacency and ultimately mm-hmm. it's antithetical to everything that got her here because she isn't in some ways giving this match her all because she thinks that bailey should be an easy win mm-hmm. but it's she's, she's like not. she's never been this much of a shit talk like we've literally watched all of the matches up to this point she doesn't yep. she didn't act like this bad against charlotte she didn't act this bad against becky this she she was extra cocky and arrogant and egotistical to mm-hmm. tonight with Bailey, mm-hmm. and that ultimately cost her. Yup, yup, and it's and and again, the, the character building, the storytelling here between these two women is so brilliant. Because yeah, that's mm-hmm. what that's what it is. Is Bailey wins because she stayed true to everything that she was from the beginning the all the best parts of her she she stayed true to them she grew them she matured and she found a way to do it on her own her terms and what made sasha lose is that the very last second when it was most crucial she abandoned everything she stood for by deciding she didn't need to really fight for this and that's mm-hmm. what cost her and oh my god great shit fuck and also again shout out to bailey doing submission holds by this point again we were talking about it last match but bailey's become a bit of a technician herself at this point she's not just a straightforward brutalist she does have submissions in her arsenal as well Mm -hmm. and she can she can fucking pull reversals on them and show that she can be a jumpy girl from the top rope and sustain a lot of damage she's become such a great all-arounder and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's again really beautifully indicative of everything her character was kind of destined to become as the WWE superfan who's won this more than anybody else ever has before. Mm-hmm. She's become in some ways the ultimate avatar of everything she grew up loving. Uh, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Before we get to the absolutely insane final sequences of this match, uh, mm-hmm. I want to shout out uh Sasha's taunting was at her best I think in this match where she literally grabs uh one of Bailey's headbands hairbands <laughs> ties her hair into a ponytail yep. a loose ponytail <laughs> and and then starts doing the air high fives <laughs> while Bailey Again, is the on reversal. the outside is absolutely hysterical the mirror the mirror master mirror master gonna mirror master it's, mm-hmm. it's the, i i do appreciate how hard they lean into that motif yeah but okay the end of this match what the fuck oh okay so in about an order we get so Sa- uh, Sasha had kicked out of Bailey to Bailey already. 
And so Bailey is going for, is trying to set up a top rope Bailey to belly. And she's got Sasha up there and she ends up going for a hurricane Rana. That if you don't know what that is, it's basically like, it's hard to explain it without just doing it. But it's like, you like jump at somebody and grab them by, by their neck with your legs and then like flip them. Yep. And so Bailey goes for this. Sasha blocks her and Bailey lands on her fucking head. Yup. <laughs> it was a nasty landing. I was like, what the fuck? I forgot she landed like this. Yeah, I don't know. She took that bump like a fucking champ, dude. Yeah, I, I felt bad for her. I hope she's all right after that. But we continue onward and we get to the finishing sequence of the match. Where Sasha has got ba- beating Bailey down, she took advantage of the op- of the messed up Hurricane Rana. She goes to se- I don't know what she was intending to do up there, but she's grabbing Bailey and putting her on the top rope. Yeah, and but Bailey fights it off, and then Bailey goes for a poison Hurricane Rana, which is the same thing as what I mentioned before, but instead of going instead of flipping someone from the front, you're flipping them from the back. It's absolutely disgusting. And yeah. Bailey hits a poison hurricane Rana. Me and David are both like, what? Yeah. I've never seen that move before, I think. No. I've never seen it from the top rope, except in this match. I've seen it before of people who don't do it from the top rope. They just do it in the ring. Never seen top rope version. Oh, it makes me forget is the moment where me and David did a stereo. Holy shit was Bailey is on the outside and the referee is like, Hey Bailey. All right. Get back in the ring. And Sasha fucking dives over the referee. Oh my God. And hands, I forgot and hands about on Bailey. That's that such a great spot. I've never seen anything like that. No. There, this match had a few. I've never seen anything like this before. And that was one of them. And yeah, holy fuck the ref the ref was such a good sport about that i mm-hmm. guess holy holy shit that was insane yeah that was crazy anyway back to our finish here is so bailey hits the poison rana and then bailey she picks up sasha for the bailey to belly one more time one two three three and, and again that NXT application of champion. the bailey to belly such a simple move but so mm-hmm. effective because she knows when to apply it especially mm-hmm. now Oh my god. And shouts out to Sasha Banks, who is an expert ragdoller who always has made the Bailey to Bailey look like the most dangerous move on the planet. Oh, I know. She sold it incredibly well. God, these women are so talented. Holy <laughs> shit. So Bailey is the champion. She Bailey is immediately in tears. She like all honestly, she like sits there for a minute, yeah. like just holding the belt, being like, wow, I won. And then out comes uh, Charlotte and, and Becky. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we missed this earlier. Earlier in the show, they highlighted that they were sitting in the front row of the show. And they run out, they jump the barricade, and they run to go celebrate with Bailey. Immediately. And that, that, was, that was one of the first things I noticed, too, was, was we have Becky in there, you know, full, mm-hmm. full face turn Becky now, now in there to celebrate with her. And, Char- and Charlotte, who's been with her since the beginning in a lot of ways being there and and then of course we get sasha in in on the mix 
Because yeah, like so, like that we get like a big hug spot. They they lift Bailey up on their on their shoulders for a second. You know, everyone's celebrating and congratulating Bailey, and then Sasha comes over. Yep. And like Sasha is, we this isn't the first time she's been allowed to show this kind of like emotion. Like when she, where her first match was Charlotte in this series of episodes, she gives Charlotte a hug there too. Yeah. Um, but like here, she like goes out like a graceful loser. Yeah. And well, it's, because, uh, it's, it's a I bit think, of a kayfabe break. I'm going to go ahead and say it to talk, do it this way, but uh, you go on. I mean, yeah, it is, mm-hmm. but I can, I can see it even a, ti- a tiny, tiny bit in kayfabe of just mm-hmm. the, the thematic bloviating I've been going on about this whole damn arc is a little bit of, of the recognition of the fact that Bailey had earned that mm-hmm. and that Sasha can recognize that and respect that. Mm-hmm. Again, even if in kayfabe she's the ultimate motherfucker who won't take shit from anybody, I do like them getting to highlight that aspect a little bit of mm-hmm. this is undeniable even to Charlotte. I mean, and part, part of this is allowing it to be Bailey's story. She's now the horsewoman that's left in the NXT, so we're kind yeah. of allowing her to be the main character of this. And nice and fitting that everybody's hugging each other. Just, just yeah, ever, Bailey's thing. And I, I was also going to say, is like, I don't give a shit if, it's, if this doesn't make sense in storyline either, because this is the four horsewomen coming together. Yeah. Like, celebrating each other and oh my God, the moment. Like, they've never done this kind of moment again. And I think it's just some situation of like, admittedly there's more money in wwe to keep them not all together because they're all the biggest stars in the company yeah there's more money in letting them be rivals and continuing to go back and forth between heels baby faces whatever yeah than there is in having them be a united front that having been said it's really fucking cool to see them be a united front it really is and I just I need them to do that again at some point mm-hmm. because holy shit. But yeah, they and they hold up the four and it's incredible. And you can just see how moved all of them are to be in this position. And mm-hmm. it is it's tremendous. There again, the 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 emotions that run watching this arc mm-hmm. are next to none because of just how meaningful this all was. Mm-hmm. And every and the and our four leads, as it were, are so deeply talented and so deserve to be such important parts of wrestling mm-hmm. history as they are. I I I mean, there's there's not much else to say. It's just perfection. Yep. Um, and I and, and I think and I think no better way to end this arc than that final yeah. image. That that is ultimately, I think. Besides, make how perfect of an arc it tells for Bailey, mm-hmm. knowing that that moment was at Takeover Brooklyn, I was like, I can't end it anywhere else. We yeah. we don't need to see the postscript <laughs> of Takeover the end. This ends here, like this storyline, so perfectly ends right here. Yeah, and I will I will go ahead and ask, answer a question you had while we were watching is about like Bailey sticking around in NXT. That was really they and that was really in the situation of entrusting Bailey to kind of be like the veteran leader. Okay. While NXT was letting the next generation of women come through, okay, and start to build up. She was trusted to be the the steady hand. 
of that of that of that locker room until she until she gets called up six ish months later eight nine months i don't remember exactly when she gets called up but it's relatively soon after this i guess but um it feels like i don't need to say like comment i would like talking about how much that moment at the end meant i the commentary kind of said it for me when i don't remember which one but they said this is the divas revolution mm. like there's a lot I can say about women's wrestling in WWE these days in 2021, but let's keep it positive. Um, the women's revolution, as I said from the start of this arc, there's a lot of contributing women to this story, and it's and I don't wish to undermine or forget their contributions, but when it comes, but in terms of like the people at the forefront of when this blew up. It was Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Bailey. And is this really cool watching their entire development and growth from who they were at the start of all this to who they become and them going from it going from, you know, women getting an, a, a spot on a show, I guess, to 15,000 seat show that they were the co-main event of and a lot of people's eyes should have just been the main event yeah like as as i'll tell you from this show is it like the finn balor kevin owens match that happened afterwards is the real main event was just kind of whatever in mm. comparison like the emotional high was this yeah and that's pretty insane to think about even a year or two before that 16,000 people in an arena like the moment that they came to see was the women's match and Bailey becoming the women's champion mm -hmm. yeah. what a what a what a what a fantastic time, I, time what a time to be alive god I can't I'm so so mm -hmm. happy we covered this arc this is mm -hmm. I think overall the best thing we've covered on this show just mm -hmm. to reiterate from the front half I I I am in awe of how incredible and I, I'm so envious that you got to watch this unfold live way back in the day mm -hmm. but so it was so cool to watch this as guided by you who who you were there mm -hmm. I that that was that was awesome i'm so yep. so fucking happy we did this arc oh same uh definitely i would like to revisit this art this format for this art for these arcs too got i mm. think make it easier to run longer form storylines here than what we mm -hmm. sometimes do but this arc now has come to a close so what are we replacing it with in uh our arcs arc schedule well i thought about i had some ideas and i thought about it and i'll be honest i want to do a tournament arc uh you know haven't done one on these on this show yet thought that'd be fun mm -hmm. and to be honest i kind of am not done talking about women's wrestling i'm this has been fun. me neither i and, fucking love women's wrestling yeah dude. and there is a particular wrestler that i really really want david and elizabeth let's let's hype that up a little bit to actually see for for the first time so our next arc We'll be covering well, it's an AEW arc. Yeah, baby. This this year in 2021, we had a 
women's uh, tournament to determine Hikaru Shida's next challenger at take at at Revolution 2021, featuring half the bracket in the United States and half the bracket in Japan. We are we are covering the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament. Shit. Oh hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah. I'm, oh I'm my very god. excited for this. Oh yeah, baby. But that is for our next arc. Our next episode is we are on the on the road to WrestleMania 3. There is in fact one only one stop remaining. Uh, because Saturday Night Live was in need of yet another uh, time filler. It's time. With only weeks to go before WrestleMania 3, we get one last episode of Saturday Night's main event. Shit. Shit. All right. Let's fucking go. Yep. Uh, that is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, my dear Dear friends, thank you so, so very much for joining us on this phenomenal episode, I think, of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Uh, If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so, so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, what have you. We're so happy to have you here. So happy that you continue to join us week after week and that you're having a great time. We hope you've had a great time with us following this arc following any other episodes you like, whatever. We're just glad you're here. If you are brand new to our show, well, welcome. We are absolutely delighted to have you join us here on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think that we are friendly to, in fact, both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are a veteran of the wrestling fandom or someone who's brand new to this wild, wacky world, we hope you feel equally welcome here and that you've had a great time checking us out. If you would like to continue to check us out and you're not entirely sure how to do so well not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe ring that bell make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode like comment watch our vids generally all the way through add us to your playlists your favorites your watch laters check out our playlist uh austin is kind enough to organize every single arc we follow into its own separate playlist so if there's a very specific storyline or set of episodes or anything you want to focus on specifically you can check all of that out on youtube it's awesome it's really well organized and if you watch some of the more recent episodes you can see our beautiful sexy faces live uh we we, we leave our video feeds up for the youtube uh, for the youtube so you can see us gesticulating and memeing with our faces and all that good stuff it's a great time check us out on there uh, austin's got a very rubbery face it's great um uh, uh, you can also find us in audio-only formats on three of the best places to find your podcast, which would be Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Check us out on all three of those. Give us a listen, downloads, ratings, reviews, whatever the fuck you do on those podcasts to 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 tell the algorithm these guys are pretty freaking dope. I think their show's pretty freaking dope. It'd be pretty freaking dope if more people checked them out. I don't know. I'm just saying great time unfortunately we can't organize our podcast or our arcs into playlists there but whatever you can just do a little bit scrolling it's fine <laughs> uh also we're on social media you can find us on kind of three main venues outside of our uh youtubes and spotify's what have yous uh first of all you can find us on twitter we are the uh, we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on twitter at noobs and knocks pod i'm pointing to it right here on the screen if you're watching on youtube that's noobs the letter n knocks pod 
on Twitter. Uh, we we drop some dank memes. We interact with the broad wrestling fandom on a whole. Uh, engage in the discourse uh, and of uh, post every single time we drop a new episode. So you guys are fully caught up on what the hell is going on. And of course, the highlight of our of our Twitter is Austin and occasionally me live tweeting. The weekly wrestling watching experience. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yes. Yeah, so as usual here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, we regularly watch AEW Dynamite, Dynamite. at 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT every Wednesday night. That is our usual weekly fair affair. Uh, but in addition to that, we also will be live tweeting WWE. Uh, Impact Wrestling and AEW pay-per-view shows. So what's upcoming? How about WWE Survivor Series dropping? Oh, shit, happening, buddy. Happening uh, when this episode air drops. It is the only night of the year where Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head, except for all the other days they do that. Mm, super um, shows don't exist. What are you talking about? Definitely I mean, didn't see I, one in Detroit. I mean, the, I mean, the Saudi Arabia shows are also pretty non-canon, but you know. Look, look, either way. The, 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 don't think about it. I mean, Saudi Arabia, definitely don't think about those shows. But you Don't know. think about it too hard. But basically, we have a whole lot of Raw versus SmackDown r- theming. And hey, if you've been watching, following this arc, and you would like to see more of the four horsewomen, well, you're in luck because Sasha Banks is in the five-on-five Survivor Series match for Team SmackDown, and Becky Lynch is the Raw Women's Champion. Mm. Charlotte Flair is the SmackDown, SmackDown Women's, Women's Champion. Champion. They're going to go head-to-head and a champion versus champion match. Yes. So that's going to be pretty sick. Yup. Uh, that is again, Sunday, uh, dropping November, tw- Sunday, November 21st, the same day that this episode should be released. Mm. Uh, and that is available on Peacock. We've already pitched Peacock. I'm not going to do it again. Fuck Peacock. Upcoming for impact wrestling on January 8th is hard to kill. Oh. Uh, it's it's gonna be pretty sweet. I wish I had anything to tell you about any matches or storylines going on, but guess what? It's that's like two months away. It's not we don't have anything out on the paper yet. But you can you'll be able to buy Impact Hard to Kill on traditional pay-per-view and fight TV um if you are so inclined. And then AEW, uh, they literally this past week had a pay-per-view. Full gear. David Full gear. live tweeted. I got to live tweet it. It was awesome. I was so I got I saw it in a movie theater. I had my roommates there with me. It was fucking rad. And I got to live tweet my first ever pay-per-view. My As, it was my first ever pay-per-view. I saw it in a goddamn theater and I got to live tweet it on the Twitter. I was in I'm, goddamn I'm very, heaven. I'm very jealous that you live near a movie theater that, that does that. I I don't I had know. no I I was like, this is a fucking shot in the dark. But yeah, there was a like there was a cinema cinemax or whatever. It's I don't know. Cinemark as the Cinemark. ones that do it. Yeah, cin- there was a Cinemark. There was a Cinemark near me. Uh, and I and it big ass fucking IMAX screen, reclining seats, whole nine yards. We snuck some quality outside snacks in. It was a great time. I'm I'm very <laughs> jealous. Uh, uh, but sorry, anyway, buddy. so basically, AEW also like Impact Wrestling only does four pay per views a year, and so I literally don't even know what the next AEW pay per view is. Now they probably it will be AEW Revolution. AEW has a pretty set for pay-per-view titles, and so Revolution will probably be next. But we have no date for it, and we certainly have no matches, so I can't really tell you any more information right now. 
Yeah. Call me in like a month, probably. Yeah. But uh, AEW pay-per-views, you can find those on traditional pay-per-view as well as occasion, as well as on Bleacher Report, and as well as apparently movie theaters. Yeah. Um, uh, please, uh, please see your local theater to see if it's available in near you. It's pretty. It seems pretty cool to me. It's um, sick as hell, and it also costs less than just buying it and streaming it in your own home. It's true. Uh, so if so, uh, be on the lookout for that as we get more information about AEW pay-per-views upcoming. But mm -hmm. for now, that is what our live uh, tweeting will be doing on our on our Twitter. Yeah, so be sure to check all that out. It's a great time. Austin usually has the reins. He's a great time to check out uh to 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 check out wrestling with. I speak from experience, even mm -hmm. if it's only in a digital only format. He's really insightful. He's really funny. I like to think my live tweets are kind of fun too. I'm a lot less like insightful about what the fuck is going on. I'm just kind of memeing the whole time. But it's 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 fun too. If you're if you're a fan of David's very bad attempts at comedy on this show. Well, you'll have a great time checking out those live tweets, baby. <laughs> uh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, your poll. I mean, your poll about like what was the most iconic rep that in that was a pretty solid amount of votes. That was ten ass votes. That was solid, solid distribution. Uh, shout out to the print sign winning. I wholly expected it was going to be the toaster, but that's also a fair answer. Um, yeah, the print, the print sign was pretty sweet. If you know, you know. Anyway, so yeah, check all that out. Uh, we also have an email address. That's kind of way number two to get in contact with us. Uh, you can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. It's a great, it's a great little way to, to get in direct contact with us. If you want to get more long form conversations out of us, uh, you know, come say hi. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, suggestions for what you want to see in the future, arcs, special episodes, whatever the hell have you. Just you want to have discourse about our many hot takes that you're probably pissed off about um, or just generally come say hi and, and uh, uh, tell us how sweet and lovely the dulcet tones that emerge from our vocal cords week after week are. We certainly love to hear that stuff. Hey, we just love hearing from people in general. So if you want to hit us up like that, you can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com and finally we are on patreon we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon one dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode see y'all next time hasta luego <laughs>